0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Single Plus. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're not subscribed or following the podcast, go ahead and do so. You can follow on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you are listening to. And for this episode, I have to say I wasn't quite sure on what to talk about, but God definitely brought something to mind that just happened recently. And when I say recently, I mean over the weekend. And I may title this along the lines of doing hard things. And I know for a lot of us, regardless of what season you are in, whether it's single and you're not dating, maybe you're single, but you are dating. Maybe you're in the early stages of a beginning relationship. Maybe you are in a relationship. Maybe you are on the way to engagement and marriage. I don't know where you are. But I want you to know that when it comes to doing hard things, difficult things, that one, you're not alone. And two, Holy Spirit has empowered us to do the right thing no matter what. And just to speak from personal experience without giving away too much detail, just out of respect and privacy. um, There was some things that I had been dealing with. Honestly, I didn't know how far back it went, but it started in... Childhood. I would probably say my early teens going into like the mid-teens, 15, 16 years old. And I didn't realize how much of an impact that it made on me. And unfortunately, as a child, um, when things are said about you or spoken over you, some may mean well, some may say things because they don't know what to say. Even well-meaning family members may say some things that... You don't realize or they don't realize rather that you're taking to heart as a child. But unfortunately, things took root. Now, I'm fortunate that God has really healed a lot of stuff and he has taken me through an intense journey of forgiveness because, again, I didn't realize that those wounds from long ago were still there and I didn't really take real intention about it to to heal until I probably say at the height of the pandemic and that's when I was really faced with myself uh, I, I think a lot of you can relate to being faced with yourself during that time because the whole world as we know completely shut down we couldn't go anywhere we couldn't do anything so you were literally in the four walls of your home and being in that space I just was like okay God I'm going to have to really deal with this. I thought I had dealt with it, but I'm going to have to really deal with this. And when I tell you that God and I, we went into some intense healing together, he definitely blessed me with wise counsel. That's what happened. And God literally gave me time to heal from those wounds in these last, honestly, maybe I would probably say for me, particularly with the situation that I was dealing with, it may be going into a couple of years. And even though the healing process started long before I made the decision uh, to kind of make some boundaries, which I hadn't done before, I had to learn how to set boundaries. I had to learn how to speak up for myself. And with my personality, I don't mind talking. Some people think that as an introvert, we don't talk. We talk. We just talk when we want to talk. Okay. So... I had to learn, and I'm still learning, when to speak up when needed. Not everything deserves an answer. Not everything deserves a clap back. I don't always have to respond. I'm not one to argue, so you know that I'm never going to get into the comments with somebody on social media just to be arguing. That's That's not me. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of energy. But I know that there are times where things have to be addressed. And I didn't know how to do that, honestly. Even as an adult, I found myself struggling speaking up for myself because I found myself reverting back to the young girl who didn't know how to speak for herself, who didn't know how to stand up and say, no, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. And really coming into who God has called me to be. So... Again, this may be along the lines of doing hard things. And I know that there's a book out there that's called that. I believe it's by Havila Cunnington. And to be honest, I've never read it. So this episode is definitely prompting me to get that book added to my reading list. I do hard things. But I just want you to know that even as you're walking through this Christian journey as a Christian single, I just want you to know that you can do hard things. It may be hard facing another year without a spouse. It may be hard facing another year with no dating prospects. It may be hard facing another year having to face questions from your family members. When are you going to get married? Are you dating anybody? Are you seeing anybody? It may be hard to watch others get married before you and they're having children before you and you've been waiting and you've been praying and you've been seeking God and you've been asking him and you've been trying to stay focused. And you're like, God, I'm serving God. I'm believing God. I'm trying to keep a good attitude. God, I'm trying to stay focused, but nothing is happening from what I see from my vantage point. And it may feel like nothing is happening. You're not getting anywhere. And as I've said before, in previous episodes, I don't have the answers to any of this. I don't have the answers to any of this. I, even now for me in the engagement phase, I am walking out in terms of there's a huge transition that i don't think is shared enough when you are going from single to married the engagement phase yes it's exciting when you're planning the wedding yes it's exciting to have your friends and family come together to celebrate your union But there's a lot of intensity with it, too. You're merging your life with someone. You're going from making decisions on your own. Hey, it's just been me and God this whole time to now merging your life with another human being who's flawed, who's going to make mistakes. And you're going to have and you're pledging your life to this person. That's a huge deal. That's a hard thing. Okay. so wherever season that you are in, I just want you to know that you are empowered by Holy Spirit to do hard things hard things, heart-wrenching things, difficult things, things that can grieve you, things that are painful. It doesn't make sense half the time, but he, he's capable of it all. Holy Spirit is strong enough to take anything that life throws at you, even when you feel like you can't take it. And for me personally, over the weekend, I did a very, very hard thing something that I didn't really picture doing something honestly that I didn't think would happen. And I prayed right before I did it. I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to handle this, but God, I know that I'm not the little girl anymore. I know that I'm no longer insecure, no matter what the enemy may lie to me about it. Like, yeah, you're still dealing with this. Yes, this still bothers you. But I'm like, Lord, regardless of what's happened in the past, I still want to, I still want to show Christ. I still want to show you, Lord, And he gave me the grace for it. 15 minutes worth, he gave me the grace for it. That was about all I could take because again, some things take time and this is just the beginning of even more healing taking place in this area. But he's given me the grace to do it and I know more is going to come as this year progresses. And even now I'm like, Lord, how am I gonna handle this? God, how am I gonna tackle this? God, give me the answers for this. God, give me the words for this. It's difficult for me. For some, it may be, oh, that's nothing. That's easy. But they're not in my shoes. So whatever hard thing you are dealing with, I just want you to know that God understands. You don't have to worry about him making you feel bad about it, judging you. He is giving you the grace to do it. You are more than capable of doing it through him. And I I really hate to see even what's what's going on in our world with just the senseless acts of violence we've seen on the news and the shootings that have been happening in schools and innocent lives are being taken. Those are hard things that people are going through to lose someone like that. Even if you didn't personally lose someone, you know, any type of loss, whether it's relational loss, whether it's financial loss, maybe it's something that you lost personally that you never thought that you would lose. I don't know what the hard thing for you is. And this may not be that long of an episode, but I just want to emphasize that God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And he cannot lie. He cannot lie. And it definitely reminds me of the sermon. I may have mentioned it in a previous episode, or maybe it was in a blog post for the Christian Singles Hub but I remember listening to a sermon by Dr. Darius Daniels, and I believe it's called, This Changes Nothing. And the whole basis of the sermon is, yes, there may be ups and downs in life. The enemy will throw distractions. He'll throw tricks at you. He'll do anything that he can to throw you off course. But when God has already destined for you to win, whatever the enemy does, it changes nothing. It changes nothing. You are still going to get to your destination. Despite the hard things, you are still going to get to your destination. Despite the losses, despite the heartaches, despite the pain, you are still going to get to the destination. You're still going to get there. If it's part of God's plan, if it's part of his purpose for your life, you are going to get there. You're going to get there. Even now, going through the book of Ruth, currently in the beginning parts of chapter four when uh ruth has laid at his feet and she's made her intentions known that she wants him to be her kinsman redeemer so now we're in verses we're in the verses where boaz is talking to the other man who is the closest of the two to be the kinsman redeemer and the other guy once he finds out all that it entails he says no I can't do that it's going to interfere with my inheritance if I take Ruth as my wife and I take you know the inheritance that came from Elimelech and I'm sure that Ruth leaving her hometown of Moab going with Naomi into new territory embracing a new faith the faith of the Hebrews, as opposed to the, uh, the idolatry that was going on in Moab and just the sin that was running rampant in Moab because of how they did things. That was a hard thing for Ruth, even gleaning in the fields. I mean, yes, we see it in movies and it looks so easy with her being outside and she's gleaning, but let's just make it real. Being outside in the heat of the day, She, I'm sure she showed up early. The servants told Boaz like, "Like, who is she? How long has she been here? Like, yes, like she's been working nonstop. Like, she took a break, you know, but she's she's been here. She's been she's she's been working hard, and how how diligent she was. I'm sure that was a hard thing physically, you know, dealing with the heat, you know, dealing with you know the labor that came with it. You know, trying to survive, trying to support not just herself but her mother-in-law, and the hours that she spent." That was a hard thing, you know, putting herself out there, even though Naomi, you know, gave her the instructions to do. I mean, the Bible doesn't talk about what Ruth felt, but how did she feel walking up to Boaz when he was asleep? How did she feel like, okay, I really don't know this man. I mean, I know he's kind, you know, God has used him to give me favor to work in his field, but I really don't know him. Like, why should I put myself on the line like this? Why should I lay at his feet? Why should I make it known for him to be akin to We have no idea what was going on in Ruth's mind because we just sometimes read the scriptures and we forget that these were real people. We forget that they were real human beings with emotions and feelings, But again, the Bible only tells us what we need to know. But I can just imagine just with my creative writer brain, you know, what Ruth must have felt as she walked those steps towards him when everybody else is asleep. And then when he wakes up and he's startled and she has to muster up the courage to, you know, say, you know, be my kinsman redeemer. I'm your servant, Ruth. I mean, what was she nervous? Was she shaking? You know, did she get the sweats? I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's like what what was she Facing emotionally in that moment, or even in the waiting period, once she returned home the next morning and she told everything to her mother in law, and Naomi said, You know, he won't rest until the matter is settled. How did Ruth feel waiting? Did she wonder, is, is it gonna be Boaz that I marry, or is it gonna be this other guy? I don't know him. Will he be just as kind as Boaz? Will he not only take care of me, but also Naomi? You know, is he a man of integrity? Is he a man of faith? Is he a man well spoken of like Boaz is? Or what if Boaz is the man? What if it doesn't work out? What if something happens to Boaz like it did with my first husband? I don't know. I'm just thinking of things that possibly went through Ruth's mind. It was a hard thing. But I think it is safe to say that Ruth saw enough of God in her mother-in-law she saw enough of God in Naomi's family before they passed away, before her first husband passed away. She saw enough of God in this family that she married into that she was willing to say, this God is going to be my God. So if they trust him to take care of them, then I can trust God to take care of me. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. With, regardless of whatever hard thing you are going through, you can trust God to take care of you. His word is true. His word is sure regardless of what you see, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what the enemy may be whispering to you, regardless of what you may be telling yourself. Sometimes we could be our own worst enemy. Sometimes it's not always the enemy saying things. Sometimes it's our own negative cycle of self-talk and we're talking ourselves down. We're rehearsing the problem more than we're rehearsing the word. And I know I can fall into that trap too. I can fall into thinking, you know, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. And I failed to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't forget who you are. God is for you. When did that stop? I'm like, when does God stop being God? Never. So if the situation hasn't changed, then maybe God just wants to change me despite the situation. And then the change will happen later. Maybe change will happen on the inside first before you see anything happening on the outside. Maybe God wants to deal with your heart before he deals with whatever it is that's going on on the outside. Perhaps God wants to shake things up inside of you. Perhaps this is to strengthen your faith. Perhaps this is to strengthen your belief. Maybe he wants to, you know, elevate your way of thinking. Maybe he's using this for the good in the long run. Maybe I was listening to a pastor. It may have been Pastor Jerry Flowers. I can't remember the name of the sermon, but it was almost as if God already knows that the enemy is going to throw things at us. But what's so cool about God, even though it's not cool when you're going through it, because again, there's pain involved. Sometimes there's heartache involved. Sometimes we don't understand it. We're confused. But even though God will sometimes allow the enemy to throw things at us, one, the enemy can only go so far. And two, God's already fixed it so that he really takes advantage of the enemy so that we come out stronger. The enemy may have meant it for evil, but God can turn it around for good. And I know sometimes that's hard for us to understand because like, why would God allow me to go through this? Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God allow me to lose this? Why would God allow that loved one to pass away? Really, God's taking advantage of me. Sometimes... Sometimes we can misconstrue our thinking and I I hope that our hearts are open to this. God is not abusing us. God is not taking advantage of us because he has nothing better to do. Okay. God wants us mature in him. God wants us strong in him. God wants us to be more like him. And sometimes he will allow certain things. I don't know why. Maybe that's one thing that we'll never understand and how he does things. And maybe the only people that may be able to understand this concept is with a parent. Maybe for those of you that have children and there are some things you're like, you know what? My child is not going to understand until they hit rock bottom or my child is not going to understand until they have that experience. Or my child is not going to listen to me until they reap the consequences of this thing. Or they may not understand why I'm protecting them from certain things. Or they may not understand why I allow certain things. Because I see the finish line. I see long term. I see ahead of them. I see where they're going. And I want them to succeed. So, that, so God is not doing this to abuse you. God is not doing this because he's just heartless. God, knowing that we live in a sinful world. And he knows that pain is involved and he knows that heartache is involved. Some things he will preserve us from, but other things sometimes we do have to go through. But even though we go through it, he has still made it to where we will win. And some will say, Well, how is that the case? I still I I I still lost the job, or I still lost the parent, or I still lost the grandparent, I still lost the relationship. How is that me winning? How is that me winning? Well, I can only speak from personal experience. What good did it come out of me losing my grandfather back in 2005 after three years of praying for God to heal him? He didn't come back. God didn't raise him from the dead. He still died. So what good came out of that? How did I win in that regard? Well, what I can tell you is the passing of my grandfather, my beloved grandfather, the man that I loved as a little girl sitting in his lap, because sometimes he would allow us to sit in his lap as he would drive his truck. I remember those days. I remember how he would used to take us to get popcorn. I remember him taking us to the zoo. And I just I loved being around him. I really did. When we, when we would go visit, I loved being around him and it broke me to my core when he died. Because, again, I'm like, God, we prayed as a family. We prayed for three years. Did you not hear us? Did you not hear us? Were you ignoring us? Why did you allow that? Why didn't you? I I remember asking that question. And I know I mentioned it before in a previous episode, but maybe someone needs to hear it again. I remember praying. And, like, God, why didn't you heal him? I'm asking this at 14 years old. And this was my first time actually having it, like, I'm really, like, hashing it out with God. Like, talk about wrestling with God in the spirit. I experienced that for the first time in my life at 14 years old. And I remember God speaking so clearly to me in response. He was like, Daria, I did heal him, just not the way you wanted me to. And believe it or not, even though that wasn't the answer I was looking for, it gave me peace. It gave me peace in knowing that, you know what? Pawpaw, I used to call him that, Paw is healed. Papa doesn't want to come back here. (laughs) Papa is living his best life. (laughs) He has a brand new body. He's not sick anymore. He doesn't need to be on medication anymore. He doesn't need his breathing treatments anymore. He's not in pain anymore. Papa's good. And you know what? I'll see Papa later. And then when I started to think like that, I was like, well, wait a minute. If I want to see Papa and Papa's with Jesus, I'm thinking like this at 14. If Papa is with Jesus then I need to get closer to Jesus. So my Pawpaw became my motivation to seek Jesus. He became the catalyst of me seeking God for myself. And even though it started with him, it went from, I want to get to heaven to see Pawpaw to, no, I, want not, I don't, I don't want to just see papa. I want to see Jesus for myself. I want to see him for myself. I begin to have, genuine encounters with the Lord. And it went so much deeper than what my grandfather shared. It went deeper than what my grandmother shared. It went deeper from what my parents raised me. It went deeper. It went, it went beyond surface level. It went beyond what I heard in church. It was it went, wait, like, wait a minute. This isn't just the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jake, Jacob. This isn't just the God of Yule Jackson. This is the God of Daria. But it started with a loved one leaving this world. And that was a hard thing, but his spirit empowered me and he's been doing it ever since. So I know these are difficult questions that we ask why, but if we could just take a step back and if we stop focusing on the why and start concentrating on the who, I believe that we would experience more peace. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And I know the why is difficult. I know the why can be confusing. But if we stay so focused on the problem, if we stay so focused on what's not happening, if we stay focused on the losses, if we stay focused on the pain. And yes, please grieve. I'm not saying you can't grieve. That This is not that type of episode. You all know. I'm not one to say, hey, just get over it, Okay. I'm not one to say that. Take your time to grieve. Take your time to cry. Take your time to be angry. But at the end of the grieving process, you still have a choice. You still have a choice once you have finished being angry. You still have a choice once you have your moment. And what is your choice? Are you still going to believe God? Like, you know what, God? I'm angry. I don't understand why that happened. I, I don't understand why that had to happen the way that it did. But I choose to still believe you are for me and not against me. And I don't have to feel it to believe it. Feelings and belief are two different things. You don't have to feel it to believe his word. You don't have to feel it in order to trust his word. You don't have to feel it to keep following him. I think that is something that all of us as believers are maturing into. We should be maturing into like, God, I don't care how I feel. I trust you. God, I don't care what it looks like. I trust you. God, things may be tight right now. But I trust you because you can't lie. So if something is telling me the opposite, then that's only coming from the devil because he's the father of lies. So I pray once again that this encouraged you and that you would never stop coming to the father for comfort. Never stop coming to him for rest. Know that you can rely on him and that he can take you through the hard things. Yes, there will be times where he will preserve you from it and it never touches you. But like the Hebrew boys, in case you're thrown in the fire anyway, in case you're thrown in the fire anyway, in case you're thrown in the lion's den anyway, in case like Jeremiah, you're beaten anyway. And in Jeremiah's case, it was a physical beating. It was a physical beating just in case those things happen anyway and God allows it. Just know. Just know that he is still for you. Just know that you're still going to come out on the other side stronger. Just know that you're still going to come out on the other side winning because there is victory in Jesus. Yes, there will be persecution. Yes, there will be hard times. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. He's already He's already won it for us. So, Lord, thank you for those that are listening right now. And I know, Father, that hard things, trials, persecution, it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to grasp. But, Lord, even what we go through, as painful as it is, as we're coming up on Easter Resurrection Sunday this week, as painful, Father, as life can be for us, the heartache that we can go through, the devastation we can see in the earth, it still is only a drop compared to the sea of pain that you faced when you gave your life for us. The beating that you took, the abuse that you took, you went through the physical pain, you went through the emotional pain. I believe Father, you even went through mental pain and how focused you had to be with the joy was set before you, how focused you had to be in order to continue to press on until you got to the cross, despite the mockers, despite the naysayers, despite all the torture that your body went through, the pain that you went through. That's why we can do hard things, God, because you did the ultimate hard thing. And that was giving your life on the cross. That's why we're conquerors. That's why we're warriors. That's why, Father, we're winners. Because of what you bore in your own body. You bore our sins in your own body, God. You bore it. You took it. You thought of me. You thought of the ones listening now. And you thought of the ones that will listen to this later. You thought of the ones, God. Even those, Father, who we have written off as a lost cause, those that are in prison, Father, for senseless acts of violence. You died, Father, even for those, Lord, who performed these shootings recently. You gave up your life for them. And unfortunately, God, when faced with the truth, when faced with this gospel, some reject it. They choose to go their own way. They choose to fall further and further and further into the lies of the enemy. They've given their souls over to that reprobate mind, and they refuse to listen. They've said in their hearts, there is no God. They've said in their hearts, I can do things my way. They've said in their hearts, I'm living in my truth, living my life, whatever to everybody else. And despite all of that, God, you still died, knowing you would be rejected by many. But you also saw the ones that would say yes. You also saw the ones that would receive you. You also saw the ones, Father, that would embrace you. And even though, Father, as Job, though you slay, yet will we trust you. Even when you allow the enemy to come through the hedge sometimes. He can only go so far. He can only go so far. And even despite what he does, Father, you still turn Job's life around at the end. And you made it to where his latter days were even greater than what he had before. So, Father, I thank you that despite hard things, despite difficult things, you can help us forgive. You can help us, Father, to heal. You can help us, Father, with anything that we may be facing. You are our blueprint. You are our blueprint, God. You are our template. You are our roadmap. May we never stop seeking you. May we never stop coming after you. And, Father, as we approach this Resurrection Sunday, may it not be just another Easter. May we not get caught up in what culture says it is. It's not about a bunny. It's not about eggs. And that doesn't mean we can't have fun with it. But, Father, may we not forget the heart of it. That this is about remembering about a man who voluntarily gave up his life, both God and man in one body, who fulfilled his calling up until his last breath. You lived out, Father, and you are an example of what you want us to be. You want us to live out our callings until our last breath, that we would do the will of him who sent us. And Jesus, we thank you that you did not give up, Thank you for not quitting. Thank you for not throwing in the towel. Thank you, Father, for not running away when you said, if it be possible, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. And as my dad preached on yesterday morning, Lord, the cup is bitter. Jesus saw that the cup was bitter. He saw that the cup was going to be the most intense thing he would ever go through. But when he looked in the cup, he saw us. He saw me. He saw the next generation. He saw those, Father, that would surrender to him. And we were worth it to him. I was worth it to him. And he willingly gave up his life, Father, for us. May we never forget that. May we never treat the cross as common. May we never treat the blood, the innocent blood of Jesus. May we never treat that as common. May your blood always be precious to us. May your blood always be meaningful to us. May we never ever disrespect the blood. May we never dishonor the blood. And I pray God, that as the body of Christ, that we would shine Jesus brighter than ever in these last days, that we would share the truth of the gospel with grace and truth in these last days, that we would not cower father under pressure when faced with persecution, that we would not run away father in the midst of adversity, but that we would arm ourselves with the full armor of God from head to toe, and that we would face the principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. May we face the enemy for who he is, and you've empowered us, Lord, to have dominion over him and all all of the rulers of the darkness. May we never forget who we are. May we never forget. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, I hope you were encouraged and blessed by this. Again, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also follow My Single plus on Instagram as well as the blog MySinglePlus.com. So thank you all so much for listening. Share this with those who you think will be encouraged by these episodes. Stay safe out there. Talk to you all later. God bless. Bye.